Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith workers reflect on the topic Establishing Guiding Principles for Your Life. This conversation was originally recorded in September of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you Well, group, today, uh, and, and by the way, uh, this, this is okay, but uh, Judith has made a request of me for today. And so our topic today is going to be about writing kind of short, concise guiding principles or positive declarations. Uh, and uh, I, I'm obviously not going to be able to cover this topic completely. Uh, I have an online on-demand thing that goes into much more detail, but we're going to cover that today. And uh, I've got a little PowerPoint again that I'd like to share Those work for me. I hope they work okay for you. And uh, the the uh, my PowerPoint slides will be available. Angela will have that on the uh, uh, in the notes and and share that with you. Uh, I want to come at it though from from this idea of um, so let me let me back up and say this: this tool and it's a tool is one of the most powerful tools in my toolkit for personal growth and transformation. Uh, writing, developing, establishing, having clear uh, guiding principles is really powerful for me. Um, we, in faith walking, in module one, we use the, the language of a positive declaration And later on, we use the language of guiding principles. And so for me, those are one and the same. But, but the idea of positive declarations is kind of a, a building block for guiding principles. It kind of gives you some of the structure that later on uh, you'll want to look at uh, as, as we talk about uh, or when you get to the place to do guiding principles. So the, the idea here is during this time of pandemic, especially, how do I, um, how do I write for myself some short statements of how I want to show up in the world? So what I want you to get from these is these are, these are character kind of things. These are things that are the way I want to be, how I want to show up. Uh, I have several. I've shared them with y'all. One of them is uh, I start my day every day with a positive declaration. I choose joy. I choose joy today. Uh, and, and, it, and it's as simple as that. Uh, I, I'm working on uh, one that is from one of my vows for y'all that have been through faith walking. And it's, uh, and it's really turned out to be powerful for me. And it's this, I live an unhurried life. 
so the magic, I believe, ladies, is is in the language, and it's in the language and saying it in a way that it addresses what the issue is. I'm going to mute a couple of you. You're off mute and I'm getting a little feedback. So how do we establish guiding principles for our life? Uh, I love this quote from uh, Abraham Herschel. Speech has power. Words do not fade. What starts out as a sound ends in a deed. And I think that's that's that captures the idea of the power of our words. So what starts out as an idea, a sound, ends in, okay, and now I, I live into that sound. Uh, in John 1.1 in Scripture, before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. And the voice spoke and creation happened. Now, I don't know what you believe about creation, and and it really doesn't matter. The scripture indicates that God spoke and it happened. It didn't happen just because God thought it. And I believe God's powerful enough. God could have thought it and it happened. But God spoke it into existence. And what I'm convinced of is that this creative power of God dwells in God's words. We are created in the image of God, and therefore we have power to create with our words also. So do you get that? Okay, God creates with God's word. We're created in in God's image, and so I think part of the image of God is that we're given creative power in our words and our language. If you remember in James, uh, James writes about the power of the tongue to either curse or bless for good or for bad. And I believe that power is there. So our words have the power to set us free or to enslave us. What do I mean? Well, what I mean is if if we believe a lie about ourselves, we'll be enslaved to that lie. For a long time in my life, uh, I, I know I've shared this with y'all somewhere along the way. Uh, I, I, uh, but I lived with a lie that that I was lazy. Because I heard my dad call me lazy one time when I was nine years old. And I lived the next 40 years of my life believing the lie and trying to hide it from everyone. Well, the truth was, that's really a lie. And so what I want you to see is we can be enslaved by the power of words. Your parents may have said something about you or your your spouse or your ex-spouse or your children or a friend. Uh, someone speaks something and you believe it, and ultimately it enslaves you. Well, the same thing that is true, our words can liberate us. Our words can, uh, can free us and, uh, and, and can be empowering in our life. In faith walking, 
What we believe is that positive declarations have the power to change our lives. Just as the Declaration of Independence had the power to change the, uh, the nature of this country. Good, bad, or ugly, there was a declaration that we are free, and based on the power of that language, it became a reality. Okay? So a declaration speaks a possible future into existence. In faith walking, if you see the background slide there, it says our tagline is making wholeness possible. Now, that's a big deal for us, and I could unpack that for you all day long. But what that is, is a declaration that speaks a possible future into existence. What we want is wholeness for every individual, every community, and globally. We want, we want the whole globe to be whole, to be restored to the shalom of God's design. And so what we believe we're doing in faith walking is we are one of the ingredients that make wholeness possible. But I want you to see that when we say that, we are speaking a possibility into existence. We're casting a vision. And that's what positive declarations do. Make sense? Clear so far? So let's get down to, to some of the nuts and bolts of it. So nuts and bolts are declarations must be spoken and or written. So as long as it's just rolling around in your head, it probably doesn't have any power. Oh, one day I'd like that maybe and blah, blah, blah. But when I speak it, when I write it, when I put it into words, those words have power to change my life. And so I just want to encourage you, I don't believe any guiding principle, positive declaration, anything is, is going to work until you write it down, get it written, and, and have it in front of you. So declarations put our intentions into words. This is what I intend to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, another way to say it is, I believe positive declarations are aspirational. They are what I aspire to be. So I'm, I'm going to use, I'm, I'm going to make a couple of suggestions uh, following this, but I want you to really get on this idea of this is who I want to become. I may not be that yet, but I'm declaring my intention. And I'm moving forward with that intention. And, and so uh, I lead an unhurried life. That's one of mine, as I've already shared with you. Well, why did I need that? Because I had this tape running in my head that was formed in my first formation when I was a kid that we're always in a hurry. Hurry, 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 hurry. Everything's hurry. It does. If you're going on vacation, hurry, hurry, hurry up and go. Hurry up, hurry up and get there. And so because that negative message is running through my mind, it finally dawned on me, oh my gosh, there's this tape running in my head that I've got to hurry and I don't want to hurry. That's not how I want to live my life. And so I write a declaration that's aspirational. I live an unhurried life. 
And then that declaration I'm reminded of every time I'm tempted to get in a hurry. I've found there's about three places where I'm tempted to get in a hurry. When, when I get in the car and drive, always in a hurry. And so the, when I start backing the vehicle out of the driveway, I remind myself of my declaration. I lead an unhurried life. Sometimes I forget, though, and I'm in traffic, and some person cuts me off, or some person gets in line in front of me some other way, and guess what? Impatient Ken shows up, and in that moment, I, I, I remind myself, wait, you've got a guiding principle. You live an unhurried life, so what are you in such a hurry about? You can be patient. Why? Because you lead an unhurried life. Because that's who I want to be. I, I, I want you to get in that, that we, we, we develop positive declarations when, when we're calm and when we're thinking well. So that when we're anxious and we're not thinking well, we've already decided how we want to be. So I've decided I want to lead an unhurried life. Now, will that mean there'll never be a moment when I'm in a hurry? Well, of course not. There, there'll be moments when I choose to be in a hurry because of, of whatever. But as a general rule in my life, I want to lead an unhurried life. And so every chance I can, I'm living into that, that positive declaration. I want you to hear in that, though, that you, you have to have it accessible to you and you have to practice using it. Those, those are key uh, ingredients. So I want to encourage you as you write declarations to use declarative language. And the simplest illustration is to, to say I am something rather than I hope to be something. There's just, I know it's, it's language. I know it sounds like no big deal, but I think it's a big deal. And so I try to write all of my declarations uh, in, or, uh, in declarative language. I am, I choose, I live. You see, all, all of mine have language like that. Not I want to, not I hope to. And it's, uh, it's also, uh, well, let me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself in my brain. So use positive language rather than negative language. What do I mean by that? Well, so don't, don't use language that says, uh, I don't want to be in a hurry. Okay, well, that's negative. So what's, what's the positive? What's a positive way that I can frame what I'm trying to say? Which doesn't mean that in your own explanation, there's negative in there. This is what it's addressing. You want to be real clear about what it's addressing. But you want to use positive language as much as you can. You want to use present tense rather than future tense. And what that means is uh, I am rather than I will. I will at some point in the future live an unhurried life. No, I live an unhurried life now. I think there's something powerful by making sure it's in the present tense. Right now, I'm this way. And you say, well, how can you, how can you write a statement uh, 
that is in the present tense and, and be aspirational. Well, I think that's the point. I think that's the power of the language that we, we speak it as a present tense declaration that then we work toward uh, making a reality. When the founding leaders of this country declared that we were free, the minute they made the declaration, they were not free. It was an aspiration that they then had to go fight for. Be clear and concise. I, I just think that's uh, really important. If you get too wordy, I, I always, with mine, try to make them as tight and as simple as we can. So here's one I'm working on right now. And I'm going to stop share for a minute just so I uh, make sure I re-engage everybody. Uh, so I, I recognized um, within the last two weeks that, that I have this negative tape that runs through my head all the time. And it's the negative tape that you're really not very courageous. You don't have much courage. You're kind of a scaredy cat. You're a coward. Well, I recognize that tape, and that's not who I want to be. And I don't want that tape running in my head anymore. Right? So I, I know what I what triggers me around that. Okay, when I get fearful, that message starts running. Well, you're you know you're not you're not very courageous anyway. And so I'm working on a positive declaration, and it's not finished yet. I've got about three iterations of it. The simplest version of it is I am courageous. Um, somehow that one, I'm not sure it's going to work for me. It might. Uh, so I'm, I'm using, here's another version of it. I choose courage. I choose courage. So recognize I'm making that decision right now. So tomorrow when I get anxious and afraid, I've already chosen courage today. All I have to do is remind myself, no, you choose courage. So that's there. A third one, and it's probably going to go away, is I'm a man of courage. Uh, I don't know. I, this probably, I, I really, the one I'm leaning toward right now is I choose courage. Now, here's the bottom line. I may end up with something totally different than all of that, and that's okay. I, I just think that massaging the language so that it addresses what you want to address and it feels empowering to you. Uh, one of the things I like to say about doing this work, folks, is when you get it right, it ought to make you smile. I choose courage. That almost makes me smile. That's why I'm still working on it, because it doesn't make me grin yet, right? Uh, that, that's the way uh, our positive declarations work. I'm almost done, so let me wrap this up, and uh, and then we'll have questions, okay? So here's here's a really big idea. This is not just speaking stuff out into the world and expecting some miracle to happen. Declarations require intentional effort and practice. So I've got to work on it. So when I'm driving down the road and the guy cuts in front of me and I get impatient and I get angry and I want to yell and scream or I want to do something. I remind myself, 
Ken, you live an unhurried life. What's the rush, bud? And I remind, so it's, it's that ongoing ability to access your, your positive declaration and to practice it. And what we do is we keep practicing until it becomes our habit. So we're erasing all those negative tapes in our head and we're replacing them with positive tapes. And, and that's the work. Uh, whatever language you find there, it's not just, oh, I, I, I've got a positive declaration and wow, it's awesome and I really like it. Yeah, but, we, but if you never use it, then it's not powerful for you. So we have to practice them and practice makes progress. Our positive declarations must be accessible when we need them. So whatever you need to do, uh, type them up, put them on your desk, uh, put, put them in your phone. Put, put little stickers on the mirror, um, whatever you need to do, what you, what you want to have the capacity to do is recognize, okay, I got triggered, I got stirred up, and old tape is running, and stop yourself and insert your positive declaration in that moment. That's where the power happens. And if you do that enough, you work your way into a new way of being. And that's what positive declaration to do for us. So what's that stir up for you? My son's been telling me this all week. <laughs> Perfect message. I'm always, okay. always in a hurry and agitated. I mean, especially the, the getting in the car thing and, and what you said is that's really going to help me because I really have no reason to be in a hurry. I'm, I'm at home. Mm -hmm. My company's shut down, but I catch myself still. Just, uh, and I've done that to my kids, all mm -hmm. six of them, their whole life. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know where I'm coming from, but I, I needed this today. <laughs> good, good, Brenda. Well, what I would encourage you, so you're welcome to borrow mine as is, if they work for you. But I also encourage you, uh, tweak the language until it works for you. I, I think that's the key thing. Uh, when, when, and so recognize, even when I have a positive declaration slash guiding principle, it's not in concrete. I'm trying it on. I'm working with it. And I'm saying, okay, does it work when I need it to work? Is it powerful enough? Is it empowering? Is it life-giving? Does it light me up? Um, yeah, those kinds of things. And so uh, I choose joy. That's one of mine. That's a daily habit every morning. I lead an unhurried life. That's, that's one. Uh, I've told you all one of the things I'm really focusing on during the pandemic is uh, I am patient and kind. First two phrases out of the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13 in the scripture. That's how I want to show up because what I found is my anxiety is higher and I tend to be more impatient and then unkind. So I choose or I am patient and kind. And um, and then if you've been uh, for those that have been through faith walking, you know, vow language. My biggest vow was about being a conflict avoider. And so I have a, uh, a guiding principle, positive declaration about that. And here, here's what that one is. It is, um, I welcome hard conversations. So for me, that's the language that works. 
okay? I welcome hard conversations. So when, rather than all conflict is bad, all hard conversations are bad, avoided at all costs, which is the old tape, the new tape is I welcome hard conversations. So when I need to have a hard conversation and it, within me I'm anxious and I want to run and hide from it, guess what? I access, I access that guiding principle, positive declaration, go back to it. I welcome. Okay, so what's it look like to welcome hard conversations? Well, that means I initiate and I prepare and I go have them rather than avoiding them. So just, just a, a variety of samples that I'm trying to give you. Uh, yeah. So questions. Yeah, yep. it's, uh, this is um, really, uh, I think, probably one of the best ones I've um, been into, um, Ken. Question, one of the things that's been with me since a child, really, and probably into my adulthood, um, through school and reinforced within family, and even uh, when I was married, um, my, my father making a statement to, to me, uh, that when people are dumping negatives on you, for example, uh, the one for me is your best. Well, uh, you're trying to do something. Uh, your best isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So you're trying your level best at something. You're running with it as best as you can, but it's still not good enough. And it affected me to such an extent that when I was at work, um, there was an acceptable um pass rate um on your on your statistics of say 80 to 90 uh but that for me uh, and it was acceptable to my managers but it wasn't acceptable to me because i'm thinking i had to get that extra 10 percent mm -hmm. and how 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 would one make a declaration around that yeah great question john great question um I think the first step for me, as you were talking about it, is is to uh, address the lie. Okay, so this is what I believe. My best is good enough. And to say it's not good enough is a lie. That's just a lie. Because I can't do better than my best. Whatever my best is. Now, my, my best may not be good enough to keep my job. Okay, well, but I'm doing the best I can, so maybe I need to go find a different line of work, right? But, but it's that idea, it's, it's, it's denouncing the lie for what it is. That's just not true. So for me, the lie was I'm lazy. Well, I, I, I finally came to the place to think about that. Uh, here's what I believe. I don't believe any person is born lazy. We all have the choice. Every one of us right here has the choice. I can choose to be lazy or I can choose to be industrious. It's my choice. So that pronouncement on me that there's something flawed about me, well, that's just a lie. Okay, so I denounce the lie and then I declare what I really believe. Um, and I find the language that works, John. So I don't know what language will work for you around that. Um, but as simple as just exchanging that negative for the positive, which is my best is always good enough. Uh, the best is all I, my best is all I have. So it's good enough. Um, uh, 
I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing some things out there. None of those may work for you, but I would just encourage you to keep uh, working at that to say, okay, wh- what is it that I really deeply believe? Now, here's the key: you've got to believe it. You you can't say my best is good enough, and then but I but I don't really believe that. No, what I really believe deep within myself as I study this topic, this is what is true. Okay then declare it and live by it. And, and then it's that process of erasing that negative tape and replacing it with the new tape. Yeah. yeah. One question or reflection on what you just said, uh, what you were just saying about believing it, I think is important. And I'm wondering, so I think for a lot of us, um, maybe others can relate to this. You know what is true in terms of what you've been taught or what people you trust have told you, but you really don't believe it yet. Uh-huh. I struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I may to live into that aspiration because I know that I am, I'm just going to use a commonly one, you known one, like I know I am beloved. Well, in my heart, mm-hmm. of heart I may reject that at every level. Right. I know it can be true. So could you speak to that in this context? Yeah, um, I'll do my best, Angela. And uh, so for me, um, I have to constantly denounce the lie. And I have to, okay, so in my best thinking, and, and I think what I would say to you is pull out of the fray and get in the balcony of your life is language we use often, right? Be objective. If you were a spectator, if you weren't you, what would you say is true? Well, if I wasn't me and I didn't have this tape running through my head, this is what I believe. I believe everybody is the beloved of God. I believe God loves every person unconditionally. Okay, so in the balcony, as I am objective and I kind of take my personalness out of it, that's what I really believe. Okay, now I come down into on the court again, and I'm in life. So when I was objective and using my best thinking, this is what I know is true. So I'm going to believe it's true of me too. I choose to believe it's true. So once again, it's it's a choice, I think, and it's a reprogramming. So the reprogramming is I constantly have to remind myself to denounce that old lie and replace it with what I believe is really the truth. Does that help? Very much. I was afraid that I was going to have to leave out all those things in guiding principles that I don't believe yet. <laughs> that was going to be a problem. No. Because they're aspirational. So when I'm when I'm truly objective, this is what I believe is true about people, about life. Now, I may not believe it yet about me, but I'm going to believe it. And so I make a declaration. I'm living into it. So, by the way, I've told you all about the lie. I, I um, and, and I, I'm sure I've told you all most all of this, but. I believe the lie that I was lazy. So my declaration has been, I live a balanced life. So I'm not lazy. I live a balanced life with a healthy work ethic. Okay. So great. Well, what's that look like? Well, 
you know, again, when I when I get tempted to think, oh, my gosh, someone's going to think you're lazy if you don't do this. Well, I'm, I live a balanced life with a healthy work, work ethic. How does that fit into this? So recognize I make the declaration and then I start thinking about what does it look like to live into that? What, what do people who live a balanced life with a healthy work ethic, what do they look like? Well, this is what they look like. Jerry, I saw you uh, unmuted a moment ago and had a question. So get in there, please. Uh, I just wanted to ask you to talk a little bit more about the negative self-talk. I mean, how do you recognize that and how does that play into all this um, positive declarations? Yeah, great question. Uh, First part of that, how do you recognize the negative self-talk? You, you, uh, through I think your own growing sense of self-awareness, your own growing sense of self-discovery. Um, I, I think it comes back um, to getting triggered, to getting anxious. There's a threat there. Okay, what am I threatened by around this? Well. What I'm threatened by is this. Well, why why do I have that? Well, it's because this story I keep running through my head. Uh, let me try to give you an example. So it's been five or six years ago. Uh, two two guys wanted to have a meeting with me, and um, they're two guys I really respect, and they wanted to have it on Labor Day holiday. Monday morning. I didn't want to have a meeting on Labor Day. It's a holiday. I want to take the holiday. But here's the tape. So the tape was running through my head. Well, both these guys are really industrious, hardworking kind of guys. And if I say no, they're going to think I'm lazy. Okay. So I had to, I had to get aware that the tape was running. What's that message? So that's about my own awareness and just being aware, hey, you've got this tape that just runs through your head and and you're anxious about that because you're worried about what they're going to think about you because you have this message running through your head. And it was then, fortunately, I'd already developed that guiding principle positive declaration. And I said, uh, you have a positive declaration that addresses it. What is it? So this is the self-talk I'm going through, folks. I'm having a conversation. What's your guiding principle? I live a balanced life with a healthy work ethic. Well, is so how does having a meeting on Monday morning of Labor Day, a holiday, how how does that uh, impact living a balanced life? Well, that sounds kind of out of balance to me. So I wrote both the guys back and said, no, I can't meet on Monday morning. And within five minutes, one of the guys wrote back and said, okay, how about Wednesday morning? Okay, sure, I can meet on Wednesday morning. And it was no big deal. But all of that was going through my head, and that's the work, Jerry. The work is, can I, can I grow in my awareness of what these negative messages are? Uh, and, and by the way, I, I don't think we can work on all of them at, at once, right? So don't worry about what you're not aware of. Uh, I, I shared with y'all this thing I'm currently working on about courage. 
Well, I wasn't even aware that negative message was running in my brain until two weeks ago. And I've been doing this work a long, long time. So does that mean something's wrong with me? No, it just means I, I didn't get to the place, but I've, I've done enough of this work. I'm doing enough self-awareness work. I got clear about it. And so what do I do? Well, I got a, I've got a tool in the toolkit now to, uh, to uh, do it. And that is write a positive declaration, which I'm in the process of doing. Does that help? Good, because that's the best I can do. <laughs> and my best is good enough. Anybody else a question or comment, thought? Okay. I mean, since yep. you asked. <laughs> yeah, of course I ask. I always ask, Courtney. And since you've been so helpful to everyone else, I, I feel... Uh... Maybe I'll be helpful to you. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, I mean, I'm. I think I'm. I've always been aware. I, I've been aware for a while that the the one of the tapes running in my head is the fact that I'm difficult, and um, I, it's been told to me by my family for like my entire life. Um, and hmm. so, oftentimes, me coming, I'm um, often approached. You know, uh, conversations or you know meetings or you know, people asking me for my opinion, et cetera, with that tape in my head, like I'm difficult. Mm -hmm. So then normally in order to play that down, the fact that I'm difficult, I, you know, try not to have an opinion or go with the flow or, you know, that sort of thing, which tends to just kind of oozes out in a different way. Sure. So, and so kind of as, as you've been, as we've been talking, you know, I'm, I, you know, I think like I would say, I feel this difficulty pretty strongly. And I think it's it's so hard for me to even kind of get into the balcony and and figure out like what it, what is it you know but between because as I'm even kind of writing like it's okay to have an opinion you know like, like, right. like you know it's like right. I get that you know but it's like to, to be it's it's hard for me to even think about trying to combat that that particular belief that I have yeah and I mean and I've done you know I've done faith walking work and I have mm -hmm. you know positive vows that I've made and you know but sure. It's, never been able to get because I think it's for who I really yeah mm -hmm. it's part of your shame voice yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so I just thought I'd throw it out there and see if you good thank you thank you for having the courage to throw it out there Courtney so the first place I want to begin is I'm going to say publicly to everyone and in front of everyone that's a lie you're not difficult. Well, so what's the truth? Um, so what I, what I want you to think about are why do people think you're difficult? Because you're thorough? Because you are inquisitive? Because you want to get all the information clearly before you make a decision? I, I don't know what it is. Let me give you a story. Courtney, to uh, of my, my own life. So these same two powerful leaders I'm having a meeting with that I, that I was talking about, about the lazy, I'm in a meeting with these guys and, and we're debating a topic. And I got to a place where I, I got stuck in my thinking. And one of the leaders made this declaration of me. Ken is a slow processor. Well, he was just making a statement. You know what I heard? 
what I heard was there's something wrong with Ken and Ken doesn't think quite as quick on his feet as the rest of us do. And that's a really negative thing. And there's something broken with Ken. And, and it went right to my shame voice. And uh, because the, the, the first image that popped into my head is when a computer gets slow processing, it's either got a virus or it's so old you need to throw it out. I mean, those are the only two things. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm getting thrown out or, you know, all of those negative things. So it took me a long time, Courtney. This didn't happen very quickly, but I started processing. Okay, what is that about? What do I really believe? And, and at first it was like, okay, that's negative. There's something wrong with me. So I kept pushing past the, that's negative. There's something wrong with me to, um, okay, so, so what is that about? Well, here's the reality. Here's what's real. I am a slow processor. And that doesn't mean there's one thing wrong with me. In fact, it means I'm okay. Why? How, how do I get there? Well, because I process things thoroughly. I don't want to make a decision off the cuff. I don't want to make a, a really big, powerful choice without really thinking through it and and processing it. And if I'm a slow processor or if I'm a negative processor, here's what's true of me. I'm not going to sign off on a decision that I'm not ready to make. So, okay, I'm a slow processor. And that means we're going to have to wait two days to make this decision instead of making it today. Well, we're going to wait two days because I'm not ready to go with it. So what I've worked on is to say, um, and I'll have to look it up. It, so here's a good example. It's not accessible to me at the moment, Courtney, but I have a positive declaration about that. And and it's something to the effect that um, I process thoroughly and completely so that I make good judgments on whatever decisions I make. Something like that is what it's about. Uh, and so I took that negative and I, I realized, first of all, there's nothing wrong with me. Second of all, okay, yeah, I'm a slow processor. That doesn't mean I'm broken. That means it's a good thing. And here's what's good about it. So what I'm encouraging you to do is think about when people say you're difficult, what positive thing is, is, is that about? Is it, yeah, I really am thorough. I'm really ask a lot of questions. Uh, I really, I want to look at every possible option. Uh, and rather than it being a negative, it's a positive. It's only a negative for people that are in a hurry and don't want to do that process. So does that help you in any way? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that doesn't take any time. Like, okay. I'm very, I'm very much a ready, fire aim sort of person. Okay. So I don't, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, but I, and I think from my perspective, I, I'm not, it'll take me a little bit longer to try to see if it's positive. Okay. Well, I, I just want to, and, and what I hope you see in that is we're all different folks. So we don't all have to be the same. And often, so sometimes people like me would say to people like you, you're difficult because you, you make, you make a decision without thinking it through. <laughs> that's uh, that's frustrating. Okay, so I want to show up and be completely me, 
and I want you to show up and be completely you. And now how do we figure out how to work, work this out together? So I want to encourage you just to just to do the, the work of self-discovery and think about why do people call you difficult? What's that about? And recognize, okay, it's about something that's really positive because I bet it is. I, I, I've known you. I don't know you deeply, but I've known you for a while now. And, and you don't seem like the difficult kind of person to me. You've always been... You've always been pleasant. Yeah, but, but why? <laughs> but again, if, what is it that make that, that is, put a list, difficult, and under it, start, start bullet pointing. What are all the things that, that are meant by you're difficult? Because you have an opinion, because you disagree, because you, you act quickly, because you question things. You know, what is it? Yeah. And, we, and when you get that list really clear, then start thinking about, okay, and uh, is that really that bad? <laughs> so part of it, Courtney, for me is around a, a little bit of a shift from it's not about what other people say about me. It's what I say about me. It's who I am and, and what I'm going to own and claim for myself. So for me to acknowledge, yeah, I'm a slow processor. That's true. But also to say, and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean I'm bad, broken, and I'm sure I annoy people because I'm a slow processor. But guess what? Doesn't matter. So if you want me on your team, you're going to get a slow process. That's what you're going to get. And, and, and do, do you even hear in that? I'm just, I'm owning who I am and I'm liking who I am. And it's okay for me to like the, how God shaped me and formed me and, and put me together. And, and so I'm just going to show up as me and this is me. And if there is a learning edge, which there often is in these things, um, maybe it's a mixed bag. Maybe something people believe about us is based on a lie ultimately, but there are things to be learned. You know, there's in our process of self-discovery. I mean, that's a different process. I would. Right. Right. Addressing those. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wrestling with, Okay, what's true and what's not true, and and who do I choose to be for myself? So I could go all the way back to the laziness thing. I do not want to work all the time. I don't want to work 60, 80-hour weeks. I don't want to. You might say, well, well, you're lazy. Well, this is who I choose to be. So, so do you see I'm, I'm owning it? I don't, I don't want to be a person that works 80 and 90 hours a week and works on vacation. When I go on vacation, I want to be on vacation. Why? So that's, that's who I want to be. Now, if you are one of those people that want to work 80 or 90 hours a week and that invigorates you and charges your life and that's your choice and you're not driven to do it, then go do it. 
So what if I apply for a job or, or, or what if the job I have, Angela, uh, the board comes to me and says, Ken, we want you to work uh, 70 hour weeks. Well, then I'm going to have to make a choice. Am I willing to work 70 hour weeks or am I going to go find a new job? And I can tell you right now, I'll go find a new job. Because I don't want to have to work that much. I'll send them the memo. Thanks. <laughs> well, the truth is, I love my job so much. I think there are weeks I do work 70 or 80 hours a week, and uh, but it doesn't feel like work. So, but but what I what I'm wanting you to see is I could let that be a negative. Oh, I'm lazy because I'm unwilling to work 70 or 80 hours a week. Uh, or I can I can define my own life and say this is what I choose for myself at this moment in my life. So recognize I may choose something else at another moment, but for this moment in my life, this is who I choose to be, and that is okay. No problem, Trish. Good, good to have you. Thank you, ma'am. So I know this has been uh, been a little different. We didn't get into the small groups. Uh, do we need small groups? Do we want to just kind of keep conversing here? What else? Judith, has this been helpful for you since you're the one that requested this? Yes, it has. Um, I've given a lot of thought to it since I requested it. So. Um, trying to come up with the ones that will be most helpful for me um, mm -hmm. is my next job. But I, I've, I've been part of, a, because I've been dealing with anxiety and depression, I've been part of a um, support group that's been doing a little work with cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is precisely um, part of what I've been learning through them too, mm -hmm. that we've mm -hmm. got to stop telling ourselves a lie and, mm -hmm. and tell ourselves the truth. And so I love it when things come together and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very helpful. I love it when a group of experts, you know, I'm in, I'm in alignment with a group of experts somewhere <laughs> that always makes me feel better. Um, there was, I had a thought in the midst of what you were saying. Um, and I lost it. Maybe it'll come back. Something around these things. Oh, um, here, here's what I encourage you, folks. Don't try to uh, have too many at one time. Work on one or two. Okay? Just, just really, you know, focus on one or two. I don't focus on all mine all the time. My, my I choose joy one. I primarily focus on first thing in the morning. Then, then, I'm, then that one's kind of gone unless... Uh, I recognize I'm I'm Mr. Grumpy Bear, and I need an attitude adjustment midday. And so, you know, and then, okay, Ken, you better go back in there and and readjust because you're not choosing joy right now. Uh, and and I'll do that. But what what I've found is at the very beginning they need a lot of attention, and so I'm really focused and working on them. Then they gradually become second nature. It's it's the old Jahari's window thing. Uh, unconscious competence or unconscious incompetence, conscious competence, unconscious competence. You, you all know what I'm talking about, the, the, the deal. And, and so what, what, what this work is, is bringing it into conscious competence. So I write a declaration and then I'm practicing it and I have to think about it. And that's the hardest part and the hardest place. So my question then is if, all right, say I choose joy because I, I need that in the morning too. Mm -hmm. um, 
So once you've, you've reminded yourself of that, what do you do? How is it that you're choosing joy? What are you telling yourself? For, for me, it's, it's about empowering me to choose. Okay. So that means that I am going to not get lost in the negative, that I'm not going to, uh, um, I'm probably one of the biggest ones for me is really around the grumpy thing. Okay. Uh, for the first half of my life, I thought whatever feeling I had, that okay, I have this feeling, and now, and and I'm and I'm subservient to my feeling. I'm grumpy, and that means I'm going to have to be grumpy the rest of the day. Well, the truth is, no, that is that is not true. I'm not a servant to my feelings. I can feel grumpy, and change my behavior and choose to be joyful. Uh, one of the things that helps me be be joyful, Judith, and uh, you know everybody that writes about joy says joy and gratitude go hand in hand. And so I start reminding myself of what I'm grateful for. Um, I I sometimes I have to call a time out for myself. I send myself to my room. <laughs> I literally will do that. I'll say, go get in your office, shut the doors, and and adjust your attitude before you come out. Or for me, one of the things that helps me uh, choose joy is my walk every day. So if I catch myself and say, oh my gosh, Ken, you just snapped at Becky. You just, you know, you you got irritated about this. It's time for you to go take a walk. And my walk is a 20-minute attitude adjustment, right? Okay. What's he going to, how are you going to go back? And, and just, again, it's the awareness of how I am and what's going on in my head. And, and it's, it's changing the tape from, okay, I'm a servant to this feeling grumpy. So I can choose to be joyful and patient, even if I didn't rest well last night. And even though my body is telling me, well, you're going to be impatient and grumpy all day today. Well, Every chance I can, I'm going to choose not to be that way. I'm not going to give in to the natural inclination, but I'm going to show up as the person I want to show up as because I want to show up every day full of joy. Thanks. That help? That help? Yep, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter and I uh, have, have this little, little, she's a high school teacher, and, uh, and, and she coined the phrase, uh, I'll ask her how she's doing, and she says, I'm full of joy, full of joy, and just because of who I am, I, you know, I tease and cut up and play with her, uh, I'll catch her some days when she's not full of joy, and I'll say, uh, looks like you're down to about half a tank today, and she'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, or a quarter of a tank. And instantly, what both of us recognize, though, when I say you're at a quarter of a tank of joy, we both recognize, okay, and you know what, we need to top the tank off. And so we, we, we adjust our attitude and, and okay, it's time to be full of joy. So I, I love that phrase as well. Yeah, um, so, uh, so, so helpful, Ken. <clears throat> um, a statement I've, uh, I've heard um, somebody said, which I found quite helpful, or very helpful actually, is that uh, I, we are not the sum total 
of someone's negative opinion about us. Of course. Yeah. That, is, that is not who we are. And simply to write that statement out mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. people are, are throwing things at us mm-hmm. and to remind ourselves that we are not the, the sum total of someone else's negative opinion um, is so helpful. Absolutely, John. Uh, great reminder, and thank you for the phrase. Um, in in our work in faith walking, that's a big piece of what we what we teach folks is mm. what people have said about us, what people mm. do say about us. Is what what's important is, am I clearly defining myself, and am I choosing to show up in the world as the best version of myself? Mm. Now. For those of us that are, and I think all of us are, followers of Jesus, we would say, okay, and that's going to look a whole lot like Jesus, right? So so what is my, but but yeah, so even when people intend it for harm, they say negative things about us, they, they make negative pronouncements, and often they, they don't even know what they're saying when they say it, right? Uh, is, to, is to say, okay, that that triggered something in me and I now I've got to go do some work and that work may take a while. By the way, I'm a slow processor. So sometimes folks, it'll take me a month to process through some of this stuff. Okay. So it, it's not about how quickly you do it. It's just, okay, I'm processing every, so I'm thinking about it, but what I'm thinking about is who am I really? And how do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? What if, if Jesus is about the fully alive life, what does it look for me to be fully alive? And what does it look for me to be fully me? And the more I live into that, the more I address my shame voice, the more freedom there is. There's just freedom in recognizing, okay, you know, I, I don't have to be that because that's not who, who I am or it's not who I choose to be. And that's okay, okay? Now, recognize if you work, we all have jobs and part of our jobs, probably every one of us have pieces of our jobs that aren't aren't our favorite thing. Well, I still am making the choice. Okay, this isn't my so fundraising is one of my one of one of the pieces of my job description. I'm not a great fundraiser. So here's what I've done. I recognize that about myself. And what I recognize is, okay. Out of who I am, what's the best way to raise funds? And I raise funds by building community. So I want to build community. I want to get people in community. And then once I know people and I'm in community with people, I can ask them if they'd be willing to give. So so I take a hard piece of my job that I really don't like, and I say, how? what does it look like for me to do that job? not for somebody else to do it. And then, okay, this is, this is how I choose to, to do that part of my job and to do my role in a way that fulfills my job description, keeps my board happy, and also gets the job done, I hope. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You get to own your life. God made you you. Go, Judith. Um, when you when you brought this up last week is Father Greg Boyle, who's the founder of Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. And I heard him on the radio talking about 
um, it's actually an off-Broadway play. And the title was Now, Period, Here, H-E-R-E, Period, This, Period. And he was relating that to being the problem that he has is worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen mm -hmm. next week. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's where I am often. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I had forgotten that I did this, but I had these little bracelets made that say, now hear this. Mm. Um, so I could remember. And this is one of my um, declarative statements, clearly. Yeah. So I'm putting it back on right in front of Great. my Great. Great. Um, I remember. That's, I choose to be present. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, really, really good, uh, and Listen. I love it. So, so three reminders. I have more of them if anyone wants them. <laughs> okay, uh, I know, uh, I know, none of you are going to do this, but I know people that have have gotten a tattoo with a visual that reminds them of what they what they their their positive declaration is that they're wanting to live into. If um, I didn't have a bleeding disorder, I would have gotten it as a tattoo on my yeah, wrist. Yeah. Folks, this is good. Uh, thank you all. And um, I hope it's been helpful for everyone. Some of you haven't said anything. And with we, since we didn't go into the small groups, um, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll do that next time. I do want to invite you and welcome you. If there's a topic that I do that I could speak to in this meeting, I'm happy to take your request. Okay? Uh, and if I if I don't know how to do it or don't know much about the topic, I can either go study it or just tell you, I'm sorry, I can't do that one. But uh, anything related to any of the faith walking content, I'm happy to do. And registration ends today for fall classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are launching all of our new fall module classes yeah. next week. Uh, I, I highly encourage you. Those are really good. And what, what we do in the modules, folks, is we take a lot of the pieces that we're going through here and we, and we do 10 weeks of it. So uh, we, we start, the first module is about developing self-awareness so that we uncover wounds and old tapes from our past and replace them with positive declaration. That's what module one's about. Module two is about shame, uh, and it's about identifying and addressing our shame and uh, authenticity, living in lives of authenticity, and uh, a couple of other times. So, so uh, module three is about anxiety, dealing and managing anxiety. Module four is about defining a self. How do we define and differentiate who we are? And uh, module that was module four. Module five is about integrity, alignment, and alignment. How do we how do we uh, become people of integrity and alignment who who live by, based on what we've given our word to, which is what this is all about. And module six is about how then we carry that out from ourselves into the community and get on mission with God. So what does it look like in the places where we live, where we work, and where we play to partner with God and God's work? in the world, which I'm convinced is to restore wholeness in individuals and in communities. So there you go. That's our little preview. So thanks, Angela, for that reminder. Thank you all. I love this group. I love Fridays.
We'll see you see you next week. Have a great weekend. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love